following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Give it up to the Lord. Come on. That's, you know that. You know that's how I feel. Give it up to Him. That's right. That's right. How's everybody doing out there tonight? You all good? All right, let me see if I can get this done here now. Let's see if I can get it going. All right, one, two, two, whatever. All right, here we go. Got it. Hey, folks, I have. Uh, I, I went kicking and screaming into the 21st century, but I have arrived. I've arrived. This is the coolest thing since sliced bread in my life. And uh, those 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 uh, plastics that used to cover my pages had reflective things, and and I couldn't see the words, and I was struggling to read them. And uh, it's a struggle enough to write them. And then when you can't read them, it really makes it bad. But I, this thing has a light from within. It shines out. It's kind of like Christians. <laughs> Just attracts you. Amen. What a joy. I want to read you a little something here before I start teaching tonight. Uh, one man said it best. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's God's job to judge. And it's my job to love. He said it this way, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and one to give with. But this is the one I love the best. Someday you'll hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I will have just changed my address. I will have gone to the presence of God. I just thought I'd read those three quotes from <laughs> Brother Billy Graham. That's pretty sweet, isn't it? 99 years, not ever a single word of mistrust about him, of misdeed about him, a man that walked what he preached. And if you ever want to hear some good preaching, he's on what? What is he on right now, Sweet Pea? What's he on, baby? What's that? What's the, what's the channel number? 145. Patty finds those preachers. And uh, 145 on Sirius XM, they pay a lot of his old sermons. It'll make you clap a little bit. It really will. He, he, he did some preaching. He really did, and uh, I'm happy for that. In fact, it's an honor to, uh, to just kind of talk about him 99 years. I'll take that deal right now, Jesus. Just lay it on me. I don't need to move. I don't need to be 100. Just 99 will work, Lord, 99. I did a funeral the other day for a lady that's 102 years old. 102, and uh, she really, she, she died kicking. She, she was just as sound, just as great as she was when she was 80 years old or 70 years old. Her mind was good. And it's so neat to see that people are having longer life, and uh, I want you all to have long life and health and be prosperous in the Lord. I want that to happen in your life. Would you stand, your honorable people, and I love you. We're finishing a series tonight called This Is That. Have you enjoyed this series? This is that. This is the last night of it. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful night tonight because I'm teaching on something that I, I literally despise the word. I despise the word. And a lot of times when you hear that word, you think all it's about is a particular thing. But it's not about that. It's not about that. This is that. We're going to talk about what this is really that. And so we're talking about that tonight. I want you to turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor. Everybody say, Pastor. Teach to us tonight, let the word touch my mind, let it change my mind, let the word touch my heart, let it change my heart, 
preach to us tonight. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. You may be seated, you're awesome people. God bless you tonight. Now, I may, I may be a little bit longer than 25 minutes tonight. I may be 28 or 30 or 40. Tonight may not be what you think it is. We're speaking on this is that part four. What I'm going to speak about tonight changes everything. I'm glad you're here because it wouldn't be a good night to miss. In fact, I'm going to urge that people hear this podcast that weren't here tonight because this is that. It's unfortunate to reject something just because you don't know anything about it. It'd be like saying, I don't want to play basketball. And we say, why not? Because I don't like getting tackled. No, that's football. That's not basketball. You can play, you know. So a lot of people have bad understandings about a thing that happened in the early church. In fact, when the church was born in the book of Acts, they did so many different things that people didn't understand. On the day of Pentecost, the crowd was both amazed and perplexed. And they asked one another, what does all this mean? They were confused, and some of them even made fun of them. And they said, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the church. They're all drunk. They had too much wine. And Peter, a disciple of the Lord Jesus, stood up and said, what I'm trying to do in this series, and that is explain. He said, let me explain something to you. You actually might want it if you understood it. Listen carefully what I am about to say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. He said, no, this is that. So it's not that. This is that. It's different than what you think it is. And he goes further. He said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this may not mean much to people here tonight. But to them on that day, it meant everything because they grew up reading the prophecy of Joel. And they had prayed for it. But when it finally came, they said, oh, we don't want that. Yes, yes, yes. That's what you've been praying for your whole life. So in this series, we've kind of taken four hot topics, areas that I knew that people would have some confusion about. And I'm just trying to bring balance and understanding. The first three weeks we talked about in this order, worship. Brad did such a wonderful job three Wednesday nights ago on worship. We talked about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and what it is in our life. And we love that series, and we love that night. We talked about healing last week, what a beautiful subject healing is. And tonight... The word I'm going to talk about brings shivers up and down people's spine, and that's why I wanted to be here to teach it. I wanted to talk about it. It it, It's brought up and down my spine, too. I'm speaking on the word of prosperity tonight. Everybody say prosperity. When you think about what people believe about this word and how the word has been used in the church in today in so many cases, I'm with you. I get it. I realize that a lot of people have turned this into a kind of a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it kind of theme. They have said if you can just confess it, you can have it. God wants to make all of you rich. Oh, and if you'll give $1,000, if you'll just send that money to me right now, if you'll just make this donation, God will do exactly what you ask for. Plus, I will send you a small bottle of water from the Jordan River. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm with you on this one. This hyper-prosperity teaching, in my opinion, is not of God. It does not fit the Jesus principle of life. In fact, I heard this story about one church who made this offer that if you gave $1,000, you could pick out three hymns. And this little lady walked up to the front and gave her $1,000 and said, I'll take him and him and him. 
That's pitiful. I don't care what you say, that's funny. But the Hebrew word for prosperity is the word salich. S-A-L-A-C-H. Salich. Salich. Say it with me, salich. It's an interesting word. It has nothing to do with money. In fact, real prosperity has nothing to do with your physical well-being per se. It's more to do with the condition of your soul. But the word prosper in the Hebrew means simply this. Are you ready for this? The word prosper means to push forward. To push forward. In other words, you're going to attain some things on your own. But when God starts seeing you start to attain some things and you start trusting him, he's going to give you a little push. And he puts you in places that you could never have been on your own. He prospered you. He pushed you. Now I'll say to you, I've experienced that word personally. I'm telling you. I'm standing on a stage right now as a person who has been pushed forward by Almighty God. I didn't earn it. I certainly don't deserve it. And as Paul said, sometimes I feel like the least of the least. And I've said this many times, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it's really a lot of truth spoken in jest. I'm from West Texas, folks. And I'm from the poor part of West Texas. I'm a sharecropper's son. I don't say that with pride. I'm a poor raisin. I had bowed housing. We didn't have any money, but God pushed me. People talk funny out in West Texas. Some don't even open their mouth when they talk. They talk like this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but God pushed me. And that's the truth. The first church in Dallas I pastored was a difficult church, very difficult. And I did not feel I measured up to the status quo of even being a pastor. I couldn't even spell it, and I started to be one when I was 25. And I felt this inferiority complex. I had made good grades, and I was a good student. But I didn't understand the church etiquette, not raised in a pastor's home. I just kind of fell into this. I didn't know how to put a sermon together or how to find hooks for a message, but God gave me a push. And I just often marvel at the grace of God because I know who I am. And here I stand tonight in front of all you wonderful people, and I consider it the greatest gift that God has ever placed in my life. I love my Jesus today. I love him. It's something that I didn't deserve, but God pushed me. Everybody say, God pushed me. God, what are you doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. If you'll let him, he'll push you forward in your life. He'll bring you marriage. He'll bring your marriage to places you never could have brought your marriage on your own. He'll help your kids. Come on, parents. Wouldn't you like that? He'll help your kids in places that they could have never done it on their own. I love prosperity in that way. See, God's not shy when it comes to this word. In fact, in Genesis, it says that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Bible points out that it should have reaped, but it was never intended to be that big. But the Lord blessed him. Everybody say, God blessed him. Might be better word for some people. God blessed him. God pushed him. God gave him a shove. Now watch this. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Now that's funny. I think it's funny because God loves to use that. God's not afraid of the word really. And I understand again why we are. And honestly, I don't even try to use that word myself because of those reasons. But again... The Bible says this in Proverbs 11 and verse 10, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Can I stop and say this church must be a prosperous church. This church's soul must be well with the Lord. Amen. Because when this church is right, the city rejoices. Amen. 
Come on, say it with me. Let me say it this way, because when the right people have the right things, other people can benefit from it, and that's important to God. Hebrews eleven twenty five said, a generous person will pro- prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So why will a generous person prosper? Because if you're going to be generous, then God says, well, goodness. <laughs> if that's the attitude you're going to have toward those things, then I'll give you more because I never intended it to be just for you. I always intended you to be generous with those things. And whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. But pastor, that's all in the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Third John chapter 1 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Turn to somebody right now and say, God wants you to prosper. Come on, say it right now. God wants you to prosper. Say it. Come on, open your mouth and say it. God wants you to prosper. God wants to push you forward. God wants to give a little shove in your life. And so it's not just about your money. It's unfortunate that it's all become about money because it's really more about your soul. He wants your marriage to prosper. Say amen. amen. He wants your emotions to prosper. He wants your mind to be at rest. Say amen. He'd love for you to go to work happier with more joy than everybody else so you can bring joy to everybody else. Anybody catching this in that sense, it's a good word. And your soul will prosper. So then, if that word is that word, then what is the more biblical balance teaching on that word? I still may not use it because people are just so crazy about it. I think there's another alternative and I'll offer it here in just a moment. But let me, let me state something. Let me make some statements now. Biblical prosperity is just simply you having more than you need. So we can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Amen. Say it. Biblical prosperity is simply you having more than you need. So you can make a difference in the lives of Of others. Anybody want that kind of prosperity? Time out right here. Understand a core value of our church. Is that we truly believe that life on earth is very short. And that every one of us is given a generation. And we're given a time in history. To make a difference in our generation. That the Bible says that our life is but a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. I want you to raise your hands all over the building and say, Lord, Lord, let me make a difference starting today in people's lives. Prosper me in that. Would you pray that right now? Come on, clap your hands in the name of the Lord. So you are just here for a short time. The vast majority of our time will be spent in eternity. Here we have three score and ten or by reason of strength four score years. I buried a precious man last Saturday. I said, his, I said his eulogy here. He was 76 years old, a man that I loved and admired. He was the father of my first son-in-law. And so while you're here on earth, it's very important for you to leverage your life and make a difference in the lives of others. In fact, your whole life on earth really is just about finding Jesus, knowing Jesus, and serving Jesus. That's what it's all about. But once you find him, It's now to live my life in such a way that I can impact others to the kingdom of God. It's not about me. It's about him and it's about others. Say it's about him and it's about others. So our vision here is fourfold and we talk about it all the time. We want you to know God. Number one, we want you to find freedom. Number two, we want you to discover your purpose. Number three, and we want you to make a difference in your generation.
Everybody say, we need to know God. We need to find freedom. We need to discover our purpose. And we need to make a difference. And we taught those in Bible study here. Everybody say, I want to make a difference. So I'm going to bring you three points tonight. I really am. Three points and here they come. So I believe that we must believe some truths. And the first one is that God blesses us to be a blessing. I hate selfishness. I can't stand selfishness. I can't stand turned in people. Oh, I love you, but I can't stand you. (laughs) I love this church's love. I love this church's atmosphere. We got some precious folks that have come from Florida. Their names is Williams, and they're in our service tonight. And I talked to them before service tonight, and they said, Pastor, we came to Austin to help with our, our, our grandkids and said, we're in church and said, we look for a church and said, this church popped up and we wanted this kind of church and said, we came thinking, we'll visit this and then another and said, this is the only one we ever visit. We don't go no place else. You know why? Because this church has something that flows out of it. Come on. We've been blessed so we can be a blessing. Everybody say, God blesses us to be a blessing. The blessing was never so we could have more things. So we could stick our chest out and say, look how holy we are. Look how great we are. No, it's not not what the blessing is all about. No, God blesses us so we can take what he blesses us with and make a difference in the lives of others. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Reed said it. Having become a curse for us, it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He redeemed us. Say he redeemed us. And he put us in the opposite of cursed, which is blessing, to bless us so that the blessing of Abraham might be on us. Pastor, what is the blessing of Abraham? Glad you asked. Because when God blessed Abraham in Genesis 2, he said, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing to others. But I'll not only bless you and let you be a blessing, I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse those that curse you. Because Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And because I'm going to bless you, it's going to come with responsibility. Abe, I need you to be a blessing to others. I need to take what I put on you and you use it for others. I need you to be my hands and my feet. I need you to be, as 2 Corinthians said, to be my ambassador in this world and tell people there is a better way to live. Woo, hallelujah. I could preach four hours tonight. You can't give what you don't have. So God needs you to have. God blesses us to be a blessing. Here's the way I say it. In fact, here's the way I pray over myself and personally how I pray over you. I wrote it down. I said, Lord, bless COC. Don't just give us the church we need and the money we need. We just don't want to get by here. God, give us more than we need. We will not be lavish in that, but we'll make a difference in the lives of others. God bless us so that we can be a blessing. I prayed that every morning right here. Don't just give us what we need. Give us more, God, so we can be more to people. And I'm praying that, not the fact that we're trying to be lavish and say, look what we have, but we we want people to find Jesus. And I want to go on record and say, people can find Jesus in this house. Come on, clap your hands. People have found Jesus in this house. 
Some of you two or three years ago were in bars on this night. You were drinking yourself silly. Now you've come to Joel's place and you're receiving the Holy Ghost and God's baptizing your life. Some of you have come from dance halls and nightclubs, but here you are tonight in the house of God. Some of you have come from dope dens and drug habits, but here you are in the house of God. God does a saving thing in this house because God's in the saving business. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless us so we can be, the second thing I want to talk to you about is when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. Everybody say he'll take care of us. I'd rather have God taking care of me than me taking care of me. And too many people value the next statement. And I'm going to, I'm going to get real, I'm going to get real frank here. I'm going to make some people kind of aggravated, but stay with me. Stay with me. Some people have said, I want to be financially independent. I want to be financially secure. Do you really? Is that what you want? You don't ever want to put your security in a place you don't need God or anyone else. It's hard. It's hard for rich people to go to heaven because they don't put their confidence in God. They put confidence in their riches. Oh, I want God to bless you, but I want him to bless you so you'll be a funnel. (laughs) You'll be a funnel. He'll pour it in and you'll pour it out. And the more he pours in and you pour it out, he'll keep pouring in more. You don't ever want to take your trust away from Almighty God. Come on. You want to put your confidence in him and in him alone. And he will bless you. He'll push you. And I'm going to trust you in the middle of that, he said. And I'm I'm going to take care of you when I bless you to bless others. And I'll tell you something, church, there's almost nothing God wouldn't do for a person with that attitude. In fact, I'm telling you, I'll show you this. Watch this. Jesus said in Luke 18, and I'm going to put it in Johnson's paraphrase, okay? This is Johnson paraphrased. He said, I guarantee it. Anyone who gives up anything in my name, and in the previous verse, he said, even if you give a cold cup of water in my name, because some people say, well, I don't have any money. Well, you got a cold cup of water? You got a compliment? You got a kind word? Come on, we can start with that. You have to have something that God can bless others with. You got a smile? Come on, you got a smile? You got joy in your life? Oh, I'm preaching right now. You got peace that passes understanding? You got the hope of glory living in you? Why don't you pass that on? Why don't you give a compliment tonight to somebody and have it fat-free, non-political, and no strings attached and just say, you know what? I love coming to church with you. Why can't you pass that on? Because anything you give, God's going to give it back to you. That's what God does. He blesses us to bless others. Woo! I didn't know I was going to get excited preaching this. Here's the truth. He said, don't trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Don't put your hope in the provision when you have the provider. Depend on God. Lord, pour out your spirit on me. Pour out your blessings on me. Because I promise you I won't be stingy. I won't be tight. I'll be a giver. I'll be a funnel for your blessing. I'll let it pour through me. I'll be a blessing to people. I'll be a blessing to others. Amen. And I want you to pray that. The more God blesses us, point three, then the more he expects us to bless others. Say it with me. The more he blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. Now you think I'm talking about money, don't you? Not everybody is blessed at the same level. We have to admit that as Americans who live in the greatest country on the earth, in the greatest state in America, in the greatest city in America, 
and I'll go ahead and say it, in the greatest church. I didn't think I'd get that kind of response. Thank you. With a pastor that loves you. But with that, since we are blessed, since we're sitting in air-conditioned room, heater tonight probably, since we had a chance to go to our closet and pick several choices of what we was going to wear to church tonight, since we'll be watering our yards this summer with sprinklers and people or other places carrying water on their heads to drink, since we're living that way, there's a responsibility attached to that, folks. Let me talk to you. We're blessed but it's not being blessed to stick our chest out. Here's what the Bible said, Luke 12, where much is given, much is required. Jesus said, when I bless you, don't get all braggadocia about that. Your responsibility is actually great. In other words, I was entrusting that with you. Now, the truth be known, I know you may not feel rich, all right, but you are. Listen, in fact, if your household, and that means combined income, is between forty-four and $45,000 a year, you are in the top 1% wage earners in the whole world. Boy, it got quiet then, didn't it? <laughs> Pastor, I don't have enough to tithe. I just make 60000 a year. I don't have enough to tithe. I just make 50000 a year. If you make 10000 a year, you got enough to give something to God. Because God wants to give you favor. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you a push. But you got to put yourself in a place so God can push you. Come on, come on. He gives, we give back. He gives, we give back. He gives us blessing, we give him praise. He gives us love, we show our love. He gives us peace, we show our peace. He gives us hope and joy, we show our joy. He gives us finance, we bless him with finance. Oh, clap your hands now. Don't get quiet on me now. Don't get quiet on me now. Nobody said, whoa, man, I'm glad it went. I went to church and I thought I was poor and I found out I was rich. Some of you are thinking, I don't feel that way. And that's actually the problem. We don't, feel like, we don't feel like we're rich. We are rich. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty for being blessed and living in America and Texas and Austin and CLC and Pastor Jay. And with air conditioning and clothes and water. I'm not. God doesn't want us guilty. God doesn't want us guilty. He wants us responsible. He wants us responsible. That is... That we just see, okay, God, since you have put me here, since I get to live in 2018, since I get to live in Austin, and since I'm blessed, what do you have me to do? Let me say something to you, church. I think about that every day. I promise you, I have thought about this almost every day of my life. I'll stand before God one day. And maybe the conversation won't go like this, but here's how I kind of think and imagine it might go. Rex? What else did you want on earth that I didn't give you? I gave you health. I gave you a great wife and kids. I gave you the greatest people in the state of Texas to pastor. I gave you blessing and favor. I'm sorry. I gave you ideas. I gave you good looks and nice hair. What'd you do with it? I don't know. <laughs> and I bless you, son. And I just want to stand before the Lord in here. And you did wonderful with what I gave you, son. 
Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Do you ever think like that? I think like that. I don't want to stand before him and he said, who are you? I want to stand before him and he said, I know your name. I had a preacher one time call me and said, I prayed for you. and said, I had to get down to your shoe size before you recognize who you were. That's a funny story. You'll catch it after a while. He said, I talked about your head. He didn't know anything about your heart. He said, I got down to your shoe size. I said, oh, I know him. He's a big foot. I know him. Blessings come with responsibility. Everybody say, I am blessed. Come on, say, I am blessed. So here's the question today. Is everyone blessed on the same level? And you look across the earth and you say, no, not necessarily the case. And I'm just talking about finances. Certainly we shouldn't look through the lens of that because I believe God has blessed nations around the world and people around the world with all kinds of things besides monetary blessings. But God has given America favor. And God has pushed us forward. But I do believe the great question that we should ask as Americans and as people of CLC, what cause is that? What, is there a cause? Is there an effect of that blessing on our life? What is the effect of that blessing on our life? And I'm not far from finishing. The Bible is actually very clear with that, honestly, because you're already doing it. And I just want you to continue. I want to stop and say I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You that support this church and you that give of your time and you that give of your talent. And you that give of your grace. And you that give of your peace to others. And you that give of your joy to others. And you that give of your praise to God. Man, who, who in Austin gets to hear songs like this on Wednesday night at their church? Come on. Who in Austin gets to hear this on Wednesday night? Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands and say, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Psalms chapter 1 said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of the mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Paraphrase, we're delighted in doing it God's way and who meditates on God's way day and night. That person, the Bible said, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do, God pushes on the head. He'll push you forward even more. Whatever they do prospers. And you say, Pastor, what's that all about? Well, God has a lot of promises in the Bible, and they always have a premise. All of God's promises have a premise. Like Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Then, then I will hear from heaven. There's a lot of thens in God's word. And the way I like to say it is that every promise has a premise. It's a condition for us that we can do. And he's not saying that for any other reason but to motivate us to continue doing it the way that we have done it. Folks, God has built a church in this city at, in South Austin because we've done some things right in his presence. And I want to continue that in 2018. I want to continue that. Everybody say, let's continue. Amen. So I, I, want, I want to just give you five little things. Five little things. They're real quick. But I want to give you five little things before I let you go. Everybody say, I am blessed. I am blessed. As, I as I 
The first one is put God first. Everybody say he's got to be first. He's got to be first. The very first commandment is thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Everybody say he's first. God is a very jealous God. In fact, he said in the Old Testament, my name is jealous. So I don't mind you having love. I do mind if there's loves ahead of me. I remember one time when I was just a young preacher and I said, boy, I got me a new car and I love that car. And an old preacher said, you don't love that car. You like that car. You love Jesus that gave you that car. Let's don't fall in love with things of the world. Let's fall in love with the one that saved us. Amen. Amen. Say praise the Lord to that. That's the first big principle I want to talk about. That's why. That's why January of this year we set aside 21 days of prayer. Anybody enjoy those 21 days of prayer? Anybody enjoy those? In fact, they were so good. We're probably going to repeat it in August as we go into the fall because there's something about saying, God, you're first. We're f- you're first. You're first. In fact, here's what I'd like for you to do, folks. Before you get, when you get up in the morning, before you go to Instagram, before you go to Twitter, before you go to Facebook, before you get to your emails, why don't you, before you even eat breakfast, look up and say, Lord, I love you today. Why don't you, why don't you just give God 15 seconds of your time and say, hey, how's it going, God? <laughs> How's it going, Holy Ghost? I'm here. Woo, let's have a great day. And then go to email. Then go to Twitter. Then go to Instagram. Then eat your oatmeal. Why don't you put Jesus above everything in your life? Come on, let's do that in the name of the Lord. Proverbs 3 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. That's specifically talking about money there. But honestly, the principle is bigger than that. The Bible says, give him all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflow and your vats will brim over with new wine. God is saying, if you'll rearrange your life and put me first, if you'll make me first in your life, I'm going to give you pushes like you've never known in your life. I'm going to prosper you with pushes. I am blessed. Say, I am blessed. As I maintain my integrity. Say, integrity. God's got resources. And he's looking to give to those who will handle it well. But please be mindful. Even be meticulous and honest about how things relate to finances. Just do the right thing. 2 Corinthians says it this way. Not only do what's right in the sight of God, but also in the eyes of men. Let not your good be evil spoken of. Be mindful of that. And I want you to say this. I want to say this to you. It's attractive to God. Psalms 84 said, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor on people. No good thing will he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Say amen to that. Let's walk right. Let's walk right. Let's do it right. The cross of Jesus makes us blameless. There's a lot of young couples that when they first get married, they do things wrong. They, they, They spend so much on credit card, they get in debt, then they get to fighting, then they get to bickering, then they say, well, we need to go get a preacher to help us, and they come get a preacher. And a preacher can't fix in 30 minutes what credit cards can do in 30 minutes. (laughs) Amen. And so the bottom line is many people spend more than they make, and they they run out of money before they run out of month. Now, I want to say something to everybody. I want to say something to everybody. Let your life be blessed by God as he blesses you. Don't try to be a 50-year-old when you're 20 and have what a 50-year-old person has when you're 20 years old. Let God bless you in his pace. That's just good pastoral talk right there. Remember this. Remember this. I didn't pastor a church like this when I was 20 years old. 
I didn't pastor a church like this when I was 25 years old. But God kept pushing me. And God kept blessing me. And if you'll walk circumspect and do it by the right way, God will honor you and push you. And before you know it, you're going to be blessed abundantly in every area so you can bless everybody else. But you got to start small. Everybody listening to me? Come on. you got to start small. Don't try to be what somebody is now. You say, oh, I wish I had that. That's the, that's the problem with a lot of young people. They want to be what people that are 50 and 60 and even 70 years old are. You can't do it. you got to grow. you got to build and say, I'm going to walk that way with God. I'm going to let God push me, push me a little bit at a time. I am blessed as I give intentionally. Now, I've got a pet peeve. Here's my pet peeve. I don't like emotionalism. I'm sorry. I'm a Pentecostal Holy Ghost filled preacher, but I don't like emotionalism. I don't like people making slick videos to make me cry, and I, I don't like people to have to give out of emotion. I believe that emotional giving is not the kind of giving that blesses God. I think our giving should be intentional. I think our worship should be intentional. Somebody said, well, pastor, how's that work? Well, you know what? I feel like worshiping God right now, so I'm just going to do it. That's how you do it. You don't have to have emotion ringing through your heart. Oh, I love when I get emotional, and sometimes I'm driving down the road, and the Holy Ghost moves on me, and I get emotional. I say, God, I'll do anything. What do you want me to do? But there's times when you just have to say, God, this is who I am, and I know who you are. And I don't have to have some movie. I don't have to have somebody playing a video up here. I'm just going to praise you for who you are. I'm just going to love you. for It's intentional worship. It's intentional blessing the Lord in my life. I just walked in here today. Lord, I just want to tell you I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you. You're an awesome God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I love you. We've got to love him intentionally. It's got to be intentional giving. It should be very intentional you know what? When God blesses you, if you give us more, if we're going to bless family members, Patty and I sit down and we talk like this. I say, Patty, let, let's talk. You know, my wife is very slick. She's slick. She's sweet and she is, she's, she, she got, she got secret money. <laughs> There's sometimes I go by her purse and I just look in there and I said, God, do you mind if I take 20 out? And God said, no, son, no, no. She's your wife. Take 20 out. I'm, I'm broke. And so we sit down from time to time and we talk. And we'll probably do it again tonight. Here's what we do. We say, <laughs> she's got some hundreds too. <laughs> we say this, God, if you'll, get, if you'll bless us, if you'll give us more, we're going to bless some family members here. And we're going to bless some people over there. And we're going to touch that couple. We'll bless the ministry here. And through the years, Patty and I have been able to enlarge our personal ministry. And I never have told you folks this because I don't, it sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not bragging, but we have done this. We've enlarged our personal ministry. And God has allowed us to do things for people that needed things and missionaries that needed things that we did personally for them. And every time we do something more, God says, I'm going to bless you better. But if you ever stop, I, I, I'm not, I, can't, I can't bless you. I don't want you to be a hold it. I don't want you to be a bank. I want you to be a blessing. I don't want you to be anything but a funnel of what I give to you. I want you to bless. I want you to bless. I want you to bless. And we bless intentionally. We bless because we want to bless. And every time we bless, God says, wow, I like that kid. I like that girl. I like him. In fact, I came home the other day. She said, baby, 
you know so-and-so? And I said, yeah. She said, I blessed her. And I said, oh, you did? How much? She said, she told me. And I said, well, praise the Lord. That's awesome. It was, it was out there. And, I, and I, I made this statement, what bank did you rob, baby? <laughs> Didn't rob no bank. God owns it all. He owns it all. He owns it all. 2 Corinthians 9 said, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Everybody say, God is a God of increase. He doesn't supply seed to the eater. He supplies seed to the sower. I know there's an abuse in teaching, but let's be very clear. God is a God of increase. Say, he's a God of increase. He's a God of increase. And if you'll let him, he'll even make you rich in every way. So you can be generous in every occasion because he likes that. He likes it. Now, let me, let me, let me give you some caution. If you don't watch it, the earth will demand it from you. Earth will steal your attention and affection like football and basketball and baseball and plays and things. And it'll steal your attention. It'll steal your stuff. In fact, I believe the greatest deterrent to radical generosity is the illusion that you're going to live your whole life here. You're not. You're just given a certain time. I've got to close. Then it's going to be over. So you've got to give intentionally. Everybody say, let's give intentionally. Let's make God be first. Let's live meticulously about our life. And the, I'm blessed. See, I'm blessed as I give generously. Does that mean more? No, the generosity simply is a willing principle. Everybody say, I want to be willing. You know, you know there's two phrases in the Bible. There's two phrases in the Bible. When the Philippian jailer got saved, he said, what must I do to be saved? But when Saul was saved on the road to Damascus, he said, what will you have me do? You never hear from the Philippian jailer anymore. Paul wrote half the New Testament. Maybe it's just one word. What must I do or what will you have me do? Maybe it's just one word. There's some people live on that, what must I do? What's the minimum I can do to be saved? But Paul said, what will you have me do? And God said, come on, son, I've got something for you. Because when you get a willing heart, become a willing vessel, things start happening in the kingdom of God. I want us to put the must out of our life and say, I'm willing, Lord, to be a vessel. Come on, I'm willing, I'm willing. What will you have me do? What will you have me do? And let's be forward in that. God's looking. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Luke 6 and 38 says, Give and it will be given to you, good measure. I'm going to give it to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know, David started with a, he said, my cup runs over. Then, then David talked about, David talked about a well. Then he talked about a river. Then he talked about a sea. You know, every time David got to talking about the goodness of God, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. You hear me. You hear me. God's in the increase business. God's in the increase. He wants to increase your your blessings. He wants to bless you greater. And I know that I know that this kind of preaching sounds like superficial preaching, but God wants to take you to another level of living. He wants to take you to another level of blessing. He wants to bless you. You got to be understanding of that. He wants to give you blessings. You know, you know, back when my kids were little, and I'm going to talk about it, and then I'm going to close. Back when my kids were little, we'd, we'd go to a, a ball game or something, and why don't we sit down? Daddy, can I have $5? I want to go to the concession stand. Okay. So he goes to the concession stand. When they come back, 
they'd have something I liked. Uh, hear that? She knows what I'm talking about. They have something I like. And, and I'd say, is that good? Can, can I have a bite? No, Daddy, it's mine. This is mine. I bought it. It's mine. Well, baby, you think maybe? Well, I guess so. Honey, you may not know it right now. But I got enough money right now in my pocket to go buy all the candy in that concession stand. I could open up peanuts and pour them on your head and shampoo your head with peanuts and M&M, peanut M&Ms and peanut without, M&Ms without peanuts. I can just, just baptize your head with them. And do you not realize that I gave you the money to go buy the stuff? And one day, one of them caught it. And they became very thankful. Thank you. Last night, last night, classic example. Parents raising their kids. I took Connor to a little basketball game last night. One of our boys plays for, for the school up north. What's it called? Vandegrift, the Vipers. And they got beat last night, but the kid's six, eight. He's a sophomore in high school. He comes to church here, and he's a sophomore, and he's already been recruited by a bunch of people, and I love him. He's got a great spirit. He played last night down in Dripping Springs. They played the school from San Antonio. And when we walked in, the first thing Connor said, Bo, you got any money for, for concessions? And I said, sure, son, I got money for a concession. He said, Bo, I need some. Okay. You don't have any? No, I don't have any money. Your mama didn't give you any? No, she didn't. See, her, his mother still knows. <laughs> so I pulled out I pulled out a $10 bill, and he got him some nachos. And, and when he brought them up to the stands, Lord, they look good. <laughs> and I, I'd already eaten some, but man, those things just look good. Dripping Springs got some good-looking nachos. You hear me? <laughs> and when he walked and he sat down there beside me, I said, those good? Honey, those good? I didn't ask for one. I said, are they good? He said, Bo, do you want them? Now I almost cried. Said, do you want them? He said, I'll go get me some more with my money. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that everything we have that's good in our life comes down from the Father of light in whom is no variableness, no shadow of turning. It's a shame to be selfish with what he's given us. It's a shame to hold back our praise and hold back our prayer and hold back our first gifts to him and hold back our smiles to others. Everything we are and ever hope to be, the old song says, I owe it all to thee. To God be the glory. Come on, to God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Help me out, Randy. I knew it was going to be a little lengthy tonight. I'm sorry. But let me finish. Let me finish. The last scripture I want to give you is 1 Timothy chapter 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But put your hope in God 
who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Say, say, I am blessed blessed. as I I stay dependent dependent. on God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm blessed because I'm dependent on Him. I, uh, I preached when I was a young man down in down in Louisiana at a at a conference. I it was actually my fifth sermon I ever preached, maybe sixth. I preached at a at a minister's conference. It was youth time. It was youth time was six thirty to seven, and they had a one preacher preach fifteen minutes. And I was that preacher one night at that conference, and I preached, and I was horrible flat out horrible I didn't do good and when I got through so many preachers came up and said son you're earmarked for a good ministry nobody said great said good ministry earmarked I don't know what that means but I was earmarked and so several years later I was preaching a lot of stuff and They asked me back down to come be the main speaker at that same conference. And I went back down there and I, I got to be honest with you, I did pretty good. I did pretty good. Because I felt like I had to make up for that bad sermon. It was just bothering me. It's just I had to get that out of my system. I had to, it's like a picture. I got to pitch good the next time I'm at that place. I got to throw better. And the Lord blessed me. But at that conference, this is so funny, at that conference, they went back, let me think, they went back 12 years, no, 13 years, and they got the old tape of me preaching my fifth sermon. And they sold it, and it sold more than my sermons that I preached at the conference 13 years later. So they gave me one of those tapes that we want you just to have this as a memento from, from us. I took that, that tape back home and one day I brave enough to put it in a, that little cassette player. And I put it in a cassette player and God, it was horrible. It was so horrible. How did God ever make a preacher out of that mess? And I pulled over in a parking lot he knows this story. I pulled over the parking lot. <laughs> and I said, God, that's horrible. That's horrible. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I love the way you preach now. But I wish you had the spirit that you had when you preached then. For 30 minutes, Dr. Al, I wept. I cried in my car. God broke me that day because I realized I needed Him more than anything in my life. Folks, I still need Him. We can't do it without Him. We can't do it without Him. And here I said, I don't like emotion, and I'm getting emotional, but we can't do it without Him. Come on. 
Stand to your feet and say, we need you, Jesus, in this house. Come on. Stand up all over the house and say, we need you in this house. We need you in this house. We need you in this house. He has never had to say that to me again since 1983. Thank you, Lord. I depend on you. So this is how I pray sometime when I pray. I say, God bless me more than I need. Lord, if you'll increase the influence of Christian Life Church, I promise I won't let it go to my head. I'll make you famous and not me and not the church, but God, if you do that, I'm going to need your hand on me. I'm going to need you to protect me from the evil one. I'm completely dependent, God, not on myself, but I'm dependent on you. And I pray that from time to time because we need him. Everybody say, we need Jesus. And this is what prosperity is all about. Clap your hands for the word tonight. Clap your hands for the word tonight. Clap your hands. I can't wait till Sunday. I know that sounds trite, but I can't wait till Sunday. Sundays are like Christmas to me. And it's going to be a hot day, so get out, get out of the house and come on to church. It's not going to be cold Sunday. Put your hand with, with your neighbor. Hold hands if you're husband and wife. Brothers, put your arm around one another. Sisters, put your arm around one another. Whatever you feel to do. Dear Lord, I love you tonight. And I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the fact that you want to prosper us. You want to give us a push. You want to push us forward. You want to bless this church. You want to make this church grand. Thank you, Lord, for our worship. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost that abides in this house. Thank you, Lord, for healing that comes in this house. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that you have blessed us and you've prospered us and you've given us favor. Now, God, I honor you tonight. And I stand on that last point that I made. I can't do it without you. I trust you totally, God. You're not, there's nothing like you. There's nothing I can do without you. Now, bless us and let us go home tonight blessed by the word of the Lord. Let us give of ourselves. Let us give first to you. Let us give first to you. It's always about first with you, God. Let us bless you first. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Clap your hands above your head. And let's say praise the Lord. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. 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 Now go out there and get cold again. But stay warm in your heart. Leave slow and come back fast. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, 1030, 12 o'clock. Let's come have a great day on Sunday. What happy couples know. God bless. I love you. You're blessed.